My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today is a very special WNR podcast extra, because we're celebrating Smackdown 1000. So before we do anything, let's do the alternate intro for this, and usually podcast extras don't have alternate intros, but I thought this being Smackdown... Uh, what Talk about Smackdown themes. I've picked the intro for the Smackdown theme. Dan, what is your favourite Smackdown theme over this past... Uh, Nearly 20 years now. I don't know. I'll have to have a think. Have a think, because I mean, there's been quite a few. Because uh, the first one's... Which I've always been a big fan of. Uh, but this one's Marilyn Manson. It's a beautiful people. And it's, hey, you, what do you see? Something beautiful or something free. Hey, you, are you trying to be mean? If you live with apes, man, it's hard to be clean. And then it just goes, the beautiful people, the beautiful people... The beautiful people, the beautiful people. And I think that's probably the best one because recently they kind of... I don't want to sound old-fashioned, but most of the themes sound the same now. But it is SmackDown 1000. And since 1999, SmackDown has been a staple of WWE programming and has acted this time as an alternate to Raw. Although the company has never treated the show as an equal to Raw, the long list of members it has produced would argue otherwise. Additionally, SmackDown has helped carve out the careers of several superstars and even in recent years has given fans reason to remain tuned in to the weekly programming. Raw may be WWE's flagship show, but the different feel of SmackDown provides has always been a breath of fresh air. SmackDown celebrated a thousand episodes and they went all out for the occasion and we're going to be talking about SmackDown 1000, of course, later on. But before that, Actually, before the milestone showdown, we're going to have a look back at a couple of past episodes of SmackDown, aren't we? Yes. I went back and had a look at SmackDown episode one. Not the pilot episode, but, you know, the first one that aired on television. And what one did you look at, James? Well, I looked at SmackDown 500 because I assumed it would be a good point to see, you know, halfway through the show's existence at that point in time. So, Dan, you're going to have, uh, you're going to talk to us through about SmackDown 1. I'll talk about SmackDown 500, then we'll do a couple of other little bits of new stories about SmackDown and then give you the full review of 1000. So, Dan, take us away. Well, we had uh, Y2J's wrestling debut in which he fought none other than Road Dog. That went to DQ and he had uh, Howard Finkel was his kind of like number two by his side. Um, after that, I think Shamrock came out for his match and 
Jericho got Howard Finkel to hit him from behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shamrock caught hold of Finkel and made him shit himself. <laughs> which, you we, know... We don't see nowadays. We don't see much of nowadays. Another thing we don't see much of nowadays is bra and panties matches, which Ooh. is quite disappointing. And that was between Ivory and Tory. Ivory lost that match. Did Tory come out in like a t-shirt though, or like a shirt? She had a WWF shirt, yeah, shirt, which was quite nice. Yeah, she's well, no Tory Wilson, but she's not a bad Tory. No, she's not a bad Tory at all. No, no, no. We had Snow, who was the ch- champion, versus Big Boss Man for the hardcore title, and Pepper. Yeah, I think you know it's quite a memorable story, Pepper. Um, but Big Boss Man won that match, and he also took Pepper with him. Yeah. So, you know, Snow kind of lost two things there. Well, he already lost Pepper, but he lost another... He lost the hardcore title. Well, yeah, Boss Man had gotten in his uh, in head in the past about that. And I think Boss Man's got quite a few early-on SmackDown moments. If I Because obviously with Pepper, he ended up cooking Pepper for Al Snow, didn't he? There was too much Pepper in that meal. <laughs> yeah, it was. And that led to, of course, the infamous kennel from hell match that we have seen before and also boss man when uh they said big show's dad had died as well jumping on the coffin uh during the funeral and kind of yeah. a big show jumping on it as boss man was kind of riding it away i mean boss man did some pretty fucked up things in 99 he got hung as well yeah he did, he did as well it was a great year for him you know yeah there was also a three-way tag team match it was the undertaker and big show versus apa versus x-pac and kane but to teach the Big Show a lesson, The Undertaker was on commentary. And it was basically The Big Show against APA and X-Pac. And he actually went on to win the match. Yeah. Well, Undertaker slapped around the face, didn't he? Just yeah. kind of, you know, uh, showed the eye. And like, so, yeah, Big Show was pretty dominant in that. But it's still quite big tag team. Okay. What did you think of Kane as X-Pac as a tag team? I thought they were pretty cool, actually. It was, it was a good combination. You had X-Pac, who was the fast-moving, kicking, you know athletic one of the two and you had Kane who was the monster which is a good staple in tag team yeah and even their music was together in the end wasn't it yeah. you know you had the, the Kane star and then the kind of the, the X-Pac afterwards which I thought was always quite cool but the Undertaker and Big Show as a tag team as well it's you know we don't normally mention that. well no it gets gets forgotten about you know the Undertaker took a Big Show under his uh, wing to try and teach him the ways of it you know they had Paul Bearer there they had some quite cool uh, entrance music as well in their own right shall we say yeah uh, but obviously for Untaker's injury later on in September, they would have carried on with that. But obviously, you know. You had Shane O'Mac versus Mick Foley, <laughs> which that was a bit of a a bit of a weird one. Yeah, well, it's leading on to um, who would be the ref for the match for the main event, which was Triple H versus The Rock for yeah. the WWF title. Well, at SummerSlam that year, you had the triple threat match, Austin, uh, Austin Triple H and Mankind. The Mankind beat Austin for that, you know. Uh, next night on Raw, Shane McMahon demanded a rematch. He was referee then. Triple H beat Mankind. The behind the scenes of it was that apparently Austin didn't want to lose to Triple H like that. So he said, I've got no problems losing to uh, Mankind. I just don't want to do it to Triple H yet. Yeah. So like for the next night. So Mankind kind of had a problem with Triple H and Shane McMahon. But Shane McMahon was kind of at his sneering best at this time as well. You know, the kind yeah. of real kind of cocky son of a bitch. Vince McMahon had been fired, so Showman was kind of owner of the company right now, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, you know? yeah. uh, also, throughout the show, you had Test waiting backstage for Steph to turn up. She eventually turns up and he says, well, have you got an answer for me uh, regarding the engagement? She says, yes. Walked past him, went to the ring, 
and that's kind of when they got engaged and we all, all know the storyline that happened yes, yeah. throughout that as well. Um, what was it, sorry, what was the result in the Mankind Shane McMahon match? Shane McMahon won. What? <laughs> yeah, Shane O'Mac beat Mankind. <laughs> wow. I don't think it was a legitimate No, it was, a, it was a lot of outside interference when it came to that, but still, I mean, but Mankind, you know, even if the Mean Street Posse does get involved. Yep, there was also Jeff Jarrett versus badass Billy Gunn, and Jarrett had Miss Kitty and Deborah in his corner. Uh, Deborah got hit by a guitar from China, which, not the guitar wasn't from China, but China hit Deborah <laughs> yeah. with a guitar. And that looked like quite a brutal shot as well. No, I, yeah. I, I think them guitars were designed to break quite easily, but it still looked like a, quite a brutal shot. Yeah, it's not the kind of WCW level guitar that nah. you get. You know, it's still pretty hard. Uh, that was an interesting storyline because Jeff Jarrett had left a kind of contract on his locker room door and said, anybody wants to sign it uh, can face me for the Intercontinental title. So Billy Gunn said to China, why don't you wait here whilst I'll find a pen? China obviously had a pen, wrote, you know, signed a contract herself. So, but Billy Gunn was still trying to protect John, even though they're kind of going after the Intercontinental yeah. Championship. And I, 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 I really like Miss Kitty as well. I think she's one of those. I, for me, as a young boy, I'm talking about this, not yeah. kind of talent, but just the way she looked and that, I can see why the King quit WWF over her. Do you know what I mean? I can quite. Oh, easily. definitely. Bubble Rat Bikini springs to mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my God, what she did at Armageddon 99. Fucking hell, we'll get onto that next year, though. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, after the match, China low blowed badass Billy Gunn, which kind of, you know, led on from their little yeah. feud that they was having. Um, and then we go on to the, to the main event, which was Triple H versus The Rock for the WWF title. Commissioner HBK was the ref. Shane was kind of like the outside shenanigans happen. What a huge main event that is. That is, yeah, for SmackDown number one. Um, yeah, Triple H... The champion defending against The Rock. The Rock was looking to hit the people's elbow. Super kick from the referee, which I think is one of the top moments in yes. SmackDown. Yeah. And gave Triple H the victory. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was a great match. I mean, Triple H and The Rock, we've talked about kind of The Rock and The Undertaker in the past. And Those two always clicked, didn't yeah, they? You know, they always, they always had great... And like The Rock at this time was kind of exploding in his own right because Austin had been injured by Triple H. He was away. And the kind of ovations The Rock was getting was kind of huge as well, you know. And no one could see that Shawn Michaels uh, superkick coming because he was acting as the kind of babyface commissioner throughout the year. He was, yeah. And when it happened, everybody was like, fucking hell, DX is going to be back together. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is, this is actually happening. Yeah. But they did nothing afterwards about this, you know. No, it, it no, they just, yeah, left it as is. But uh, it was featured music, yeah, like you say. It's, it's one of those <laughs> moments you always see on the videos. Yeah. But that, yeah, that was kind of wrapping up SmackDown 1. So it was quite an interesting one. It's a completely different contrast from now. Instead of bra and panties, we have dance breaks. <laughs> but it was still a very, very entertaining, you know, the, the edgy storylines. Every single match had a storyline behind it. Mm. You know, the bra and panties match, even though it was a bra and panties match, there was Tory and Ivory. Snow and Big Boss Man, there was obviously a bit of pepper behind that. The tag team match was kind of focusing on Undertaker and the big shows, angling to things. But what I think is interesting is that it was a big show and it kind of... It was a big show. It, it was uh, a good show to put on. A SmackDown in the early days it had some really, really good main events, you know. Uh, but I think that the thing is, if you look at the talent involved in it, 
How many wrestlers from then are involved either now or still associated with WWF, you know? Someone like Jeff Jarrett, in that case, is now a Hall of Famer, you know? So yeah. he's kind of sorted out with them. Well, we go through him, you know, yeah, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn's kind of off and on again. He would he'd make appearances for WWE, wouldn't he? You know, yeah. he's, he's not a kind of active member, but he's still Test, around. Test, oh no, sorry. Test, Mr. Big Man, yeah. Steph, she makes it all about her still, which, you know, is quite apparent on SmackDown 1. Shane and Foley. Mick Foley's, you know, he's still about. He was referee, had in the cell match here and there. X-Pac and Kane, I think X-Pac's kind of past it. He makes the odd appearance here and there. Kane still has... Well, he's still wrestling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, APA, uh, Ron Simmons. I don't, I don't know if he's Ron Simmons. I think we always see him backstage, don't we? Damn, yeah, damn. So he, he's JBL, he's a bully. He's still associated with the WWF as well. Undertaker and Kane, uh, Undertaker and Big Show still still having matches. Big Boss Man again, another big man in the sky. Yeah. Snow, I think he's part of NXT. Is he? Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's part a trainer. TNA, isn't he? Yeah, oh, so TNA, Impact sorry, yeah. or whatever you call it nowadays. I don't know. Uh, Ivory. Ivory's going to be in the Women's Battle Royal for Evolution coming up. Tori, I think she kind of, she didn't have much yeah. talent anyway, you know, no disrespect to her. HBK, again, he's got a match coming up. Triple H, again, you know, he's still, well, he's a huge part of wrestling. The Rock. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just a huge <laughs> megastar now, isn't he, yeah. you know? Uh, Y2J, as yep. we've mentioned, you know, he's hopping about promotions at the moment, doing his thing. Road Dog again, you know, with the likes of Billy Gunn and X Pac turn up for little reunions. But Road Dog's uh, writing for SmackDown now, so he, yeah. he's still involved in the you know backstage process and, and stuff like that. Last but by no means least, Howard Finkel. Howard yeah, Finkel. Howard Finkel's health problems at the moment. We said China as well. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, she, China. You know, and of course, Sharon Man's a SmackDown commissioner. So that kind and of out. Kitty and Deborah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we all know what's happening there. <laughs> so yeah, the first episode of SmackDown was August. 26th of August, 1999. So we move on to SmackDown 500, which is the 20th of March, 2009. We had a minute of about SmackDown and the history of it, and then we went straight into uh, WrestleMania 25 build-up from Raw, which lasted about five minutes, and that was Randy Orton versus Triple H from that time. Triple H then is out to face Kozlov. For anybody who doesn't remember him, Dan, who is Vladimir Kozlov? Vladimir Kozlov, he was he was built up to be an undefeated Russian monster, but turned out to be kind of a joke. <laughs> yeah, he really Ended up did. siding with Ella and having a tea party and hats and yeah, he he just kind of folded. Basically. Yeah, I mean he was. I don't no, think he had much talent. No, he was no Rusev. Do you know what I mean? And this oh, is what no. the kind of you know, if Rusev had that push now, then it'd be a different matter. JR and Taz on commentary, and Triple H is WWE champion, so not much has changed from the very first episode of SmackDown. Live from Corpus Christi in Texas, Triple H is on the mic, and he says him and Steph are married in real life. He said it's not really much of a surprise, probably everybody knows backstage, but it's an official announcement of it. Uh, Kozlov was useless. He nearly faced Taker at WrestleMania, though, uh, before they realised he was shit. Uh, he had hit Michaels, beat him in a match, but he had beaten the Undertaker on SmackDown as well. Uh, a bear hug, and he took over the game. Triple H, comeback, spine buster, pedigree, the end of the Moscow Maulers main event place. Then we get a promo on Edge, Vicky, and Big Show's love triangle. I mean, who can forget about that? That was actually quite a <laughs> triangle, yeah. Then we get a Mania flashback from WrestleMania 23, and then the US title was on the line. There's no entrances, but it's Shelton Benjamin versus MVP. Shelton's his champ, Ben's in control early, a stretch... Uh, an abdominal stretch 
course. That was made famous by Wilbur Schneider, we see. But MVP backing it with a throw. He gets the comeback. Nearly gets him a big boot. And again with a bowling elbow, which got no reaction from the crowd. But I didn't mind that move from MVP. Baller. <laughs> Both men exchange near falls. MVP hits his finisher and his new US champion. JR. The cruiser kick. He will... No, that wasn't it. He, the kind of spin around move. But JR didn't hit it. Uh, JR didn't know it. So he was like, oh, my God, he's just hit it. Oh, he's beating with his finisher. <laughs> Which I was like, I love JR sometimes. Um, ended up being released. MVP did. And that's what happens when you defend Chris Benoit. We see Vicky Edge arguing backstage. Uh, we see HBK with hair versus Kane, who's bald. How times change. <laughs> you take off Kane's mask, though. Oh, yeah, I know. But come on. Uh, Sean starts strong. It's power versus speed. But a huge right hand puts Kane in control. After five minutes of punishment, HBK come back. Night breaker chops, diving clothesline, nip up, atomic drop, and he box, blocks a choke slam. HBK elbow, but Kane moves out of the way. Uh, Kane goes up, hits the target. Kane signals for the choke slam, goes to move in. Michael's bang, sweet chin music, out of nowhere. No, nothing happens out of nowhere, James. <laughs> Uh, Vicky again is shown backstage. Uh, Vicky with Big Show backstage, and he's left with no choice. This has to end tonight. We get an Extreme Rules match: uh, Jeff Hardy versus Brian Kendrick. The Brian, the Kendrick. Brian Kendrick. Jeff has control early. Um, he fucks up Big Zeke, who was Brian's bodyguard with a chair. Brian has a little bit of offense, but Jeff approaches motion with the chair, slams Kendrick's head in the chair so many times. Turns him inside out, twist a fate on the chair, and Swanton to finish it. Jeff Hardy was going to go WrestleMania 25 to face his brother in Extreme Rules match, and Kendrick was the unlucky bastard there, I suppose. Then we get another promo for Triple H versus Randy Orton. Yay! Five minutes at the start wasn't enough. A Hall of Fame, the Von Erics went in, and I will say 2009's Hall of Fame is very, very strong uh, list of people. The Untaker then comes out. He's here. So he was on SmackDown 1, and now he's here again on SmackDown. Go against JBL, who is the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he has the mic, and he says, Michaels, I've got two words. I've got three words for you. <laughs> Rest in peace. No, he didn't. He said, Michaels, you're going to pray. You're going to pay, when, and when you least expect it, you will feel the wrath of the Untaker. Take a start strong. Both exchange shots. Then we get an advert. Leg drop on the apron. Taker runs at JBL with a big boot, but only hits Barry Cade. JBL takes control, works the leg, has a figure four, Taker sits up, which I've always loved that visual between that when Taker does. Uh, Taker come back, snake eyes, leg drop, but kick out. Uh-huh. Taker tries choke slam, but JBL hits clothesline from hell, only gets two. Two. Taker gets on hell's gate, and JBL taps out. Uh, Show makes his way out, calls out world champion Edge. Vicky's out here to defuse the situation. She's situation. Just, she's just in love with both of them, Dan. That's her thing. Can't they all get along? The winner at Mania will not only be the champion of the world, but the champion of her heart. Well, all's going fine until Cena music hits. He comes out. He wants nothing to do with her love handles. He promotes 500 episodes of SmackDown like John Cena does. We're 500 episodes! You know what he does. <coughs> he always does that. He Couldn't bo- have done it without all of you. Yeah. Millions of fans watching around the world. <laughs> all you in attendance here. Everyone in backstage, you know, and it's it's not just me, it is everyone. And that's exactly what he said. Um, he mocks them for a while and then Ed and, uh, Edge and Big Show argue. They knock into Vicky. Edge goes to Spear Show but accidentally hits Vicky Guerrero. So then she's down. Show's devastated, picks her up, goes to walk away. Edge trips him so they drop Vicky yet again. 
Edge Edge uh, Big Show arguing. Big Show chokes Slam's Edge, picks up Vicky, and walks out with her. And that is the end of SmackDown 500. So it was just a massive build for WrestleMania. But stats out of the 13 MVP Kozlov and JBL not in the WWE now. But like we said, JBL is retired and still associated with WWE. So when you consider that, that was nearly ten nine years ago now. You know, only MVP and Kozlov. And like we said, we know why MVP and Kozlov both got um, released anyway. Well, before we get on to, obviously, the main event, there's there's been a few special episodes of SmackDown. I'll just quickly run through the list. Obviously, you had the SmackDown debut August 26th, 99. You had SmackDown Extreme, February the 1st, 2001. SmackDown Live, August 16th, 2001. It's the first live episode of SmackDown. Also, the introduction of the Fist stage. And that was that's quite that was actually quite a good stage as well. You I know, love big that one, yeah. Fist coming out, obviously. The who doesn't love a big fist then? That's it. The September the eleventh tribute, yeah. September the thirteenth, two thousand and one, airing live on Thursday following the cancellation of SmackDown tapings last Tuesday due to the September eleventh attacks. Christmas from Baghdad, twenty fifth December. SmackDown fifth anniversary special, September the twenty third, two thousand and four. You had Christmas in Iraq which was a year later. SmackDown Night of Champions featured championship matches, obviously. The final Thursday night SmackDown, September the 1st, 2005. S- uh, Friday night SmackDown, which was September the 9th, 2005. You had the Eddie Guerrero tribute show, and watch that without a tear in your eye. I dare you. No, you're crying. The SmackDown special, November 29th, 2005. A one-hour special episode of SmackDown airing on Tuesday nights. The best of SmackDown, 2005, December 23rd, 2005. Feature clips from 2005. Best of SmackDown, 2006, December 29th, 2006. Feature clips from... 2006. Indeed, yes. SmackDown 400th episode, April 20th, 2007. Which basically celebrated the show's... 400th episode. WWE Best of 2007. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> uh, SmackDown All-Star Kickoff. Featured champion versus championship matches. Premiere on uh, My Network TV. SmackDown 500, which you've just gone through, March 20th. Decade of SmackDown, 2009. Uh, SmackDown Live Premiere on Sci-Fi. Christmas on USA, SmackDown 600, SmackDown Milestone, celebrating SmackDown as a second longest-running weekly episodic TV show, obviously behind Raw. Uh, Super SmackDown Christmas Special, New Year's SmackDown, Sin City SmackDown, which was from Las Vegas, Nevada, Spin of the Wheel. That was quite an interesting episode. Down, um, Blast from the Past, featured the old-school theme, featuring appearances from Hall of Famers and Legends. I do like the themed yeah. episodes. Um, Super Smackdown Live, The Great American Bash. Quite a few. Holiday themed shows. Themed shows, yeah. yeah. Well, like you said, like, it's, um, there's been a, a lot of good episodes, a lot of bad stuff in a, in a thousand that have gone by, you know. And like you said, next year I think it's going to be an even bigger thing when they do SmackDown 20 years and it goes on to Fox, back to Fridays, it will be treated as a massive show then. Have you heard what Fox want to do? They want to s- centralise it more around the sports. They want to focus more on the sports than the entertainment. Do you think that's a good idea? They want to focus idea. it more on yeah. in the ring as opposed to 
having a laugh and the silliness. Uh, well, it doesn't take that way. You can have that on Raw and there's other space for it. But I think on SmackDown, we've been to our show. They have all the great athletes and have nice long matches without any silly interference to keep it more uh, sports-like. I think especially moving from Fox... If they want to promote it on different shows, you know, if they're doing on the baseball, whatever it is, then they're going to have to make it a little bit more serious. And it means the casual fan who maybe watched UFC on there might tune in to see WWE as well because it's kind of being treated like that. And WWE have got the athletes and the superstars to, to do that as well. You know, not just like kind of Brock Lesnar, but you could even do it with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, watching them training backstage and getting ready for their matches and what it means to them and stuff. Would that warrant a change up to the roster? Would they have to move some wrestlers about from Raw to SmackDown and vice versa yeah. to try and put the best sports kind of background wrestlers on it as opposed to having... The entertainers, you know, yeah. i.e. people that have just a theme tune, you know, top of my head, Bobby Roode. Well, no, no Chad Gable's one of those that could benefit on SmackDown uh, and someone like Rusev could go to Raw as well and you can carry on doing a Rusev day if you wanted to. You know, people like maybe Finn Balor could have a more serious side too if he went to SmackDown and it's just about competing and being the best. I think that's when uh, Balor came back best off during the NXT days when it, it felt like a small promotion it felt more serious you know as yeah. opposed to everything else that goes on I think there's a lot of stuff you can do uh, when it comes to Smackdown and like you said Smackdown's going to keep going as well uh, off the success of not only Raw but what everything WWE does but speaking of WWE they released a list of the top 50 Smackdown superstars of all time on their website in preparation for their Smackdown 1000 show well, WWE released a list of the top 15 super SmackDown superstars of all time, which includes a surprising top three. The Rock, the Dead Man, and the Phenomenal One make up the top three on the list. Could have done it as a surprise. Well, SmackDown legend Edge only comes at number four, followed by Eddie Guerrero. Some might find it surprising that the Usos are at number eight, while John Cena only receives 13th on the list. And here's the top 15 list. 15, Michelle McCall. 14, JBL. 13, John Cena. 12, Randy Orton. 11, Becky Lynch. 10, Rey Mysterio. 9, New Day. 8, The Usos. 7, Kurt Angle. 6, Batista. 5, Eddie Guerrero. 4, Edge. 3, AJ Styles. 2, The Undertaker. And number 1 is The Rock. Do you agree with that list? Well, it's a bit surprising not to see Edge inside the top 3 considering what he did for SmackDown during his run. For the WWE, Dan, you know? And well, no... being unbiased, I'll, I'll, me being completely unbiased as I always oh am. Oh my God, you'll have Randy Orton number one, wouldn't you? But shouldn't, no, I wouldn't say number one, but shouldn't Randy Orton be higher? No, of course Randy Orton should be higher. He was on Raw for the majority of the start of his career. He didn't really come over to SmackDown until a, li- a little bit later than that. And, you know, it, it even it's like 2006, he's, for me, he's, I know him more for Raw than I do SmackDown. I don't think he's done a lot. Smackdown, that feud of Christian on Smackdown. No Drew McIntyre, no Bobby Roode, none of them. No, they're not on there yet, you know. But if we look at the next 10 years, we look at Smackdown 2000, and you see the success they have. Uh, John Cena maybe should be uh, up a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I feel uh, no disrespectful styles, but Edge should be higher than him. Uh, AJ has only done it for the past two years. And I might even rank The Untaker over The Rock because The Untaker was kind of known for SmackDown for such yeah. a long amount of time, you know, from 2002 to onwards. Uh, Michelle McCaw, I don't see that either. Uh, it's odd that Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho or Daniel Bryan haven't been placed on the list considering they've done for the blue brand as well. You know, take Randy Orton off, you know, and stick one of them on there. Uh, Triple H, 
was champion well, some for fans while. might even rate the Undertaker over Rock as well and place Randy Orton and John Cena inside the top 10 rather than 12 and 13 respectively which oh, I agree with that <laughs> alright so it's Smackdown 1000 then we both watched it and we're going to run through it now and give it a quick uh, review so Dan it's time for your Smackdown summary well we start off the show with the cancelled and only the second ever episode of Truth TV. Uh, our Truth and Carmella are in a squared circle. And Carmella introduced the first guest, former SmackDown general manager, Stephanie McMahon. Shane McMahon joined in the festivities, followed shortly by Vince McMahon, who received an absolute fucking great ovation. Even the fans singing along to his theme tune was... Just absolutely perfect. You know how he's gone from this villainous character to, you know, someone that everyone absolutely respects and rightly so. Yeah, but he does look old though, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you say, starting off with Truth TV. For Carmella, can we just talk about Carmella to start off with? Because I know we all both love Carmella. Uh, it's over for her now, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? That is it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. She had, she had a brief run. Uh <laughs> I think, you know, the highlight of her career, which she's going to take back with her, is she defeated Oscar. Yeah, and at least she had more chances than Emma. So, you know, I mean, she Indeed, she yes, yeah. Uh, I really do like Steph's shit-eating grin. I, I do on there. The way she comes out and just got that fucking look, you just like, oh, you... That, you she has got a face you want to punch, and, you know, it's like, the Freeman man's come out, Stephanie gets booed to fuck, yeah. Shane comes out, he gets a thunderous <laughs> cheer, and even Vince gets a cheer now. <clears throat> so do you think maybe when Steph's in her 60s, 70s, she kind of toddles her way out, she's going to get... I think she'd always be hated because even Triple H gets the cheers now. Do you know what I mean? Like, even... I, I don't know what Stephanie can do. I don't know why people dislike her so much. Maybe it's just that power. But she was the first ever SmackDown general manager. Now, the question is, Dan, putting you on your spot, who's your favourite SmackDown general manager that we've had? And we've had quite a few. I'm going to start off whilst you're thinking... I'd say my favourite is Paul Heyman. I, I, I hate to be that guy, but when he took over there in, um, not just behind the scenes, but like 2003, 2004, his, his feud with kind of Eric Bischoff, because they, they really didn't like And I loved the feud between the two of them. Uh, and I think Heyman kind of brought a kind of seriousness to it. You know how good he is on the microphone as well, you know. Well, player, <laughs> I'm going to have to make a tag team match on this one. <laughs> it's got to be Teddy Long. Yeah, no, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, Teddy. <laughs> That is one of those moments, isn't it? You know, and he always loved the tag team match. Uh, oh, I tell you, Long's a good shot as well. Yeah, you know, from going from a referee as well. It's not a lot of people go from aside from Shane's surname kind of proved uh, providence there. But he went from being, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to say just a re- referee because you know one of my favourite ever. WWE employees is Charles Robinson. Yeah, but but the thing is about Teddy Long, and I've seen, well, we've seen it on Legends of Wrestling when he talks about kind of abuse that he got when he first started in the business, all the kind of racist uh, talk towards him, stuff like this, and to kind of make it like say as general manager and kind of still be loved as well by the kind of the the crowd every time to see him. We'll get on to him in in a little bit uh, when we talk about it. I love the way Steph took credit for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's all me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. That's one thing I noticed because when Vince McMahon came out, he was talking, and they was doing their classic what chant. She's like, "You don't need to say what he's got a, a hearing aid." Yeah, and Shane was like, "Oh fucking hell!" As well, like. it's like you know, Steph, shut up. <laughs> Vince is fucking talking. 
Well, this is the thing. Like I said, Shane O'Mac, <coughs> Shane O'Mac is back. Uh, the commissioner of SmackDown. And well, we're talking about the only friendly McMahon. The only one I would want to meet and, tr- and I think would shake my hand would be Shane McMahon. I think if you saw Vince, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll be too starstruck to go over and say anything. With Stephanie, I, I you think just she, want to slap her. Yeah, yeah. I think with Shane, and I think he would if you went up to him. Go, fucking hell, you're Shane McMahon. He would go, oh, how you doing? You know, well, fucking hell, you're James Rhodes from the WWE podcast. Jesus, and every oh starstruck. God. Yeah, uh, and then you talk about the crowd singing Vince McMahon's theme. It's just a brilliant moment. You know, it felt like a the start of you seen the McMahon's coming out. It felt like a start of a kind of. A big show, if you know what I mean. Most like a definitely, thousand, yeah. you know. Historic episode. But that, yeah, that was an absolute great segment. And what made it is Vince McMahon saying, we don't want to hear you talk. <laughs> Everyone wants to be entertained because that's what the E in WWE stands for. Not Elias. No. Some people may think it stands for Elias, but it's not. They just want a dance break. Yeah, dance break, yeah. And, and, and Vince busted out some funky fucking moves, I will Stephanie say. Stephanie... Looked really embarrassed, yeah. embarrassing, mum dancing. Oh no, it was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, and Shane was just you know grabbed hold of Carmella, which I think we'd all <laughs> do in that situation. <laughs> situation, <laughs> and yeah, you know I think that was absolutely great, brilliant segment, and you know again someone like our truth, I think he's been overlooked as an entertainer, you know, as a brilliant wrestler as well. You yeah, know, yeah, um, yeah, from the days when he was Ron Killings. Or K Quick. I know it, he's he's done a lot, and he is a lot older. Than maybe some people think, and uh, he's had a couple of chances. You know, uh, was it Miss Truth or something? Truth Miz? Or I can't remember what the tag team was called. The Awesome Truth. Awesome Truth. That's it. When they went up against Rock and Cena, didn't they? Survivor Series. Yeah. Uh, so, but our Truth is very friendly with uh, Vincent Man. So, but you know, he's he's had some great. So I think I was actually <coughs> um, on one of the roars I was watching the other night. I think there was five people all contending for a match, and then our truth comes out, and they're like, "No truth, you're not in the match." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, sorry, my bad. Good luck to you. Good luck to you." And he's like, "Oh, not not good luck to you." I think Del Rio was there, the Miz maybe. I think they was Intercontinental and US <laughs> Champion at the time, and oh. it's, it's just you know how great an entertainment. You can not forget. You know, you can't forget little Jimmy, can you? You know, what I mean, like he's yeah. always going to be. In our hearts. That was the opening segment, and it was. Was you entertained? Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I didn't you just mind. Chuck seven up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> seven up a little Jimmy. I didn't mind it the start, but like I said, it felt like a kind of um, a good way to start. They they kicked off the Raw twenty five episode, didn't they? Obviously, Austin didn't come out and stun him this time around on SmackDown. They danced off as well, but it was a good way to start, and I was looking forward to see what they did. Uh, on SmackDown, like I said, I loved the promo video at the start, and I hope there'll be more as the night progressed. We go on to our first match, and it's opponents at Crown Jewel. Is it Crown Jewel? Mm-hmm. And it's opponents at Crown Jewel, but they had to team together to go against the Usos. It's just somewhat of a dream match. I, I use dream match, but, you know, Usos are a great tag team, and Brian and Styles are great wrestlers, and together, it seemed like it was a match made in heaven, you know, so to speak. Most definitely, yeah. It was it was quite a good high paced match as well. Um, again, all four men hitting it out of the park as they always do. Because you know we we've and since their turn, I don't think we've seen a terrible match. No, no. I mean they are so underrated, aren't they? And know? with the likes of AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, I mean you know they're both amazing performers as they, well. They are, uh, but I will say maybe AJ's W title reign is 
has kind of he, he's lost a little something. No, I'm not saying he's still not a great wrestler. And I think with Daniel Bryan as well, I think he might be a little bit rusty. There's a couple of moves, you know, when they jump over uh, what, Jay, I think it was, and he, his landing wasn't spot on. I think he still needs to get. Don't forget, he's been away for quite a long amount. But of he time. has. He's been wrestling. Shit, he's been wrestling the Miz for a while. Well, this is true, and he's not been wrestling, you know, and hopefully with Styles. But I worry that, like Styles Nakamura, Styles and Joe, this match won't live up to the expectation either, that it, or it can have. You know, whether that is Brian or Styles' fault, or the fact that WWE are saying to him, like, we don't really want you to, you know, steal the show. Can, can you have a quick match, because we want to obviously put all our focus on... DX versus the BOD. Yeah, exactly. You know, we do, we don't want them to, you know, cut the young guys like that. Uh, and like you said, you know, they they took turns, didn't they? To to Brian and Styles were both in there, but the Usos did take over. Yeah, and the Usos defeated after a little bit of miscommunication between Styles and Brian. Yeah, well, he decked AJ, didn't he? Accidentally. Accidentally, and then uh, Styles got super kicked after Brian dodged it. Double super kick. Then a double super kick beat Brian. Yeah, so Styles got kicked out. And then they uh, double kicked him. Usos pinned him, and I loved that. It was okay. It was over too soon. But the thing I really liked about it was the fact that why should two good single wrestlers beat a tag team? That's why they're tag teams for. Yeah. It's what they do. You know, what I mean? it's like that's the whole point of it. Anyway, uh, but it could have. I could have had five, ten more minutes of that match. You know what I mean? I was no problems with that. What Jimmy and Jay can do. Well, Page backstage with Vicky, Teddy, and Johnny. And it John was, I know, and it was over in 30 seconds. The commentators were talking over what Paige was saying, so you couldn't really see her, but you couldn't really hear Vicky. Then Ted Long just stopped walking, holla, 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 <laughs> walk by. Tag team match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John Laurinaitis was just doing his thing, and then you heard Vicky going, excuse me, and then that was it. People power. I know, he was general manager of Raw and SmackDown, you know, and, and I, I think Ricky Guerrero, she was general manager of SmackDown. I think we talk about Stephanie being hated. No one likes Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> Not one. Excuse me. <laughs> the hatred people had for her was was brilliant, and you know you bottle it up and you give it to a main event superstar, you know, and they're made from that. But yeah, so you're talking Indeed. about sorry, yeah, um, and then the a reunion for a great stable. How did they rank on our stable rankings? They were in there. I think there may be ten. Ten. Uh, ten. But I think is I don't get me wrong. I love Evolution, but. They worked on Raw throughout the whole kind of, you know, run until they came back and faced the Shield for a couple of matches. They were all on Raw. But don't get me wrong, I love seeing them all on SmackDown. And again, it felt like a bit more special because you hadn't seen them in so long, you know? Indeed, that, uh, yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, I'd like to play props to Randy Orton. He, I think he was the only one that made the effort and dressed up in a suit, even <laughs> shaved himself, shaved his beard as well. Well, two players got so many T-shirts at the moment, like with a new DX, sporting a new Evolution one. Sporting. But then again, you know, <laughs> Monday night on Rory was part of fucking DX. <laughs> Tuesday night, he's part of Evolution. I don't know if he's going to fucking join the NWO come to the NXT or something. Like the Unsputed Era. <laughs> don't you say them fucking words no, again no, while no. we're talking about the Evolution. A question for you. Who looks older, Flair or man? We've asked this before. We saw the man earlier. He didn't look too great, but I mean, Flair came out. I think he looked. A bit I would saggy. say Flair looks out, but he's always looked saggy for the that past twenty years. Yeah, no. Flair's tits have been saggy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But Flair looks older, but he looks like he could still take a few bumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was in there. Wasn't he? he was like, he's ready. He's gonna take a backdrop. He's gonna. Like, it right. was. <laughs> he's gonna go out the top and get thrown off. 
Uh, I think Randy Orton looked okay. Like he said, Triple H. Batista looked great, I thought, when he came out. You know, He could have maybe not had the creased up jacket as much as he did, but uh, he's a stylist. <laughs> you know, that's all I yeah. noticed when I saw it. I was like, but again, I think they should have all suited up. I mean, Flair made 90% of a chance. Yeah. Batista was wearing T-shirt and jeans with a leather jacket. Yeah. Triple H again wearing a leather jacket and an Evolution t-shirt. Well, the whole point of Evolution was the fact they wore suits and they walked around. You know I mean? Yeah. Like you said, I think that's an excellent point. When it comes but, to you that. know, Randy Orton got the memo. I don't think the other three did. Yeah. Well, Flair got part of it, but obviously he gets them through facts and he does pit, carry it. Carry a pigeon. <laughs> anyway, right, so we're going to do stats quickly. There are 49 world championships between Evolution. All right, so four men, 49 titles. Dan, you're going to tell me how many belongs to each man. All right, so easy one for So, Ric Flair. 16. So, 16. Triple H? 14. Yeah, 14. Randy Orton? 13. Yeah, so that leaves Batista with? Six. Six. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that works out. Yeah, wow. I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, let's not forget this. Because you look at Batista on six, you go, oh, fucking, it's nothing. It's the same as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's not go past. And that's six more than Bobby Roode, oh, Andrew McIntyre. Yes! Yes! Oh, yes! My God. Well, how many different characters does Triple H play? Like we talked about, he's the kind of. He came out and he was doing this kind of NXT kind of promo where he's like, this is evolution. We are here. And then kind of slipped back to a more kind of heelish way. And then, of course, he's got the degenerate character he plays. He's got the kind of suit and tie authority figure he has. So he, he, he does the kind of a lot at the moment. But he, is he getting away with it, or do you think it is too much? I think, you know, with the likes of Evolution, it was kind of just an in-ring promo, so they weren't wrestling anyone. You know, I think they've teased the match between Batista and Triple H for WrestleMania. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But that's going on my year-end predictions next year. Yeah, you know, I think that's okay. And again, if he's on NXT and he's promoting NXT, that's all right because, you know, a lot of fans don't really watch NXT. They don't really get NXT, so they don't, you know, see him on that side of things. The authority figure and the degenerate, so long as he's not playing the authority figure too much, like, you know, I think that's kind of died down. You know, him playing the degenerate is good in that kind of action. But once the DX has probably died down, after Crown Jewel, is he going to go back to the authority figure, or is he going to be yeah. the game of games? He's going to have to be a hill if he he faces Batista down the road. So that's Batista. He was actually getting cheered. Fuck it. Well, first, he <coughs> was it was in his hometown, right? That is very but, true. Yeah, Washington DC. But still, he, the way he come across his promo. Uh, let's talk about Randy Orton's promo first, because he because we want hill, and it's kind of a babyface thing to do. How do you think Randy Orton did with the, what he had to say? He healed it. He really did. He healed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing with Randy Orton, when Batista and Triple H was talking, did you see his facial expressions? I mean, it's kind <laughs> of like when two when you're in school and two people are having a go at each other, you're in the background, you're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, I think when Batista says something about Ric Flair as well, keep it in your pants, it's yeah, PG. Keep it Randy pants, Orton like, yeah. visibly said, shit. <laughs> no, Batista went off <laughs> on Flair. Like, I could tell you stories about Space Mountain and Flair's going. <laughs> Uh, Orton basically was saying like Evolution was then and uh, since then I've accomplished so much more from the group uh, I don't really need him now which was cool that worked out Flair said a couple of woos and whatnot, and talked about how great everybody was 
Uh, but Batista on the mic, and Batista's never been the kind of strongest, but... <laughs> he even admitted that as well he, he, at the start and, of his... And, and that's the thing I liked about it. Do you know he was mean? honest. He was honest. But had... then, you know, from someone who's a Hollywood actor, memorising lines, you know, it's kind of... You can memorise a gist of a promo and yeah. kind of put that across. Yeah, so. I think I think it worked well for him. He said, like, four things. He's glad to be back, glad to be in his hometown, uh, glad that he, he's, he's had a chance now to come back and see everybody... And he said the most important fact as well is that Triple H has never beat him. Like he said, then that got a bit, oh! And Triple H's expression, you know, still worked very well. It went from smiling to serious in a second. They both had a stare with Flair got in the middle of it, didn't he? he was it's like, like, don't make me drop you. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. that easy, fellas. Just... At that point, all was acting like a little schoolboy school, school behind him going, oh, shit, Sam. But I was expecting after his little promo to arc out a couple of all, all three of them and just walk out like... <laughs> Well, that didn't happen, but they, they they hugged afterwards, didn't they, and sorted everything out. But the seeds have been planted, and I definitely want to see Batista come back for one last run now. I mean, sorry, nothing this man has done, nothing this man hasn't done, but beat me. So I think that is kind of you left off there. Like you say, I'm looking forward to Batista Triple H. What about you? Yeah, it's it's. Is it bringing back? I know it's good to see Batista back again, but would you rather see a proper run or would you rather just see a grudge match? Uh, oh, it might have a proper run. I think Batista's in good enough shape. He said he's only got one run left in him, so I think it's worthwhile. When you consider they fought out Goldberg and you know and took Sting away from the hospital to put him back. Yeah, into but wrestling. I think Goldberg wrestled for a, a total of six minutes. Yeah, well, in maybe his return. maybe they might do that with Batista. They they seem to do it every year around this time. You know, Shawn Michaels and now Batista coming back. Uh, it makes you think who they're going to do Rick Flair. next. <laughs> Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan. Against you know, like, Helmut we, we just don't know what's going to happen there. But I think that was probably the strongest segment that we had on SmackDown. Uh, we're not going to review the whole show, but like point you were like, oh shit, man, that's special. We've just seen something that's actually going to mean something in a couple of months as opposed yeah. to going to be forgotten about, you know. Uh, and then we The Rock. The Rock is here. The Rock is here. I mean, well, his tweet. What a moment, though, eh? That, that's <laughs> it, yeah. At least, you know, he, he tweeted. I know. My God, how special does that make SmackDown now that he tweeted? I mean, the man who coined the phrase SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's, well, there's problems in Saudi Arabia at the moment, so maybe that's why The Rock doesn't want to get involved in that. Uh, next up, we had an angle and commentary and no entrances for our next match. Which was Rusev versus The Miz, a World Cup qualifier, and they made a point of saying it's to be the best in the world. Is that a kick in the teeth to CM Punk? I mean, that exact turn of phrase, best in the world, and using it to the World Cup, because I had no idea what this World Cup was all about. And it is to determine the best in the world. Mm. I mean, if it's as prestigious as the greatest ever Royal Rumble, then, I mean, it's going to be high up. We're going to get a shitty belt. Yeah, a (laughs) shitty trophy. (laughs) A shitty, huge trophy, which Strowman's going to destroy. Yeah, and then be called best in the world for a couple of weeks and then forget themselves. Uh, I mean, I would love it if they had a grand plan of, like, this guy, whoever wins it, calling himself the best in the world, and then finally bring about CM Punk. Oh, my God, I would jizz. It's not going to happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen. But yeah, that was it. Was a match between the Rusev, uh, Rusev and the Miz. Um, outside interference from Aiden uh, English, kind of got Miz roll up with the tights, and yeah, that was a victory. Seconds, it was a it? very, very short yeah. squash match. Uh, but then Lana kicks him in the balls. 
<laughs> she kicked him in the balls. Kick him in the balls. <laughs> and everybody said, beat the shit out of Aiden English afterwards. So. English did get some fucking big red marking, though. Did you see that on his yeah. shoulder when he was getting thrown? But he is quite pale. I mean, Seamus, I don't think there's anyone paler than him. Yeah, so I think he got red marks just by being touched anyway, yeah. Uh, backstage, we saw Zack Ryder on the FaceTime call with Kurt Hawkins and Edge. And maybe we're going to have, the, the, you know, the, the talk about massive stables coming back together. Yeah. The Edgeheads, but they didn't even bother with Zack Ryder not being there. So nah. Boom's just like, no. Nah. <coughs> nah. So you keep your, your losing streak, Hawkins. That's, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, that's what you do. I've got business to attend to. <laughs> but as you say, talking about Edge, we had our second talk show of the evening and the cutting edge. Uh, that was with Becky Lynch. And you, you came up with quite a very good point, and I think that was good because Edge came out saying, you know, I've burned bridges for the heavyweight championship. You know, I've lost friends along the line. I've, you know, cut a load of ties. You know, and I see a lot of that in you. And, you know, at the end of the day, all you're left is is just staring at your ties alone. Yeah. Yeah, said the 11-time champ. And you could have had Christian coming out then with Charlotte and saying, look, we've had fallings out. And we sorted it out as well, but obviously they didn't want to do that. Made Edge look weak. Edge didn't get a huge pop for his entrance, and his entrance now looks less so because he doesn't get fireworks or prime, uh, pyro. Yeah. So when he does the fucking thing, it doesn't look like it's working. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, all right, okay. But uh, he seems really like, I don't know, it's like he was unhinged when he was talking to Becky as well. Like he was angry and irked about something or rather, but it culminated in Becky Lynch basically saying that, Get out of my ring. Get out of my ring, nay. Don't hurt your neck yeah, on the way out. Yeah, don't hurt your neck. That was the fucking thing. And then Charlotte came out and they brawled. Ed should have just speared her. Well, Watch that's Charlotte. what I, I was going to say. should have speared both of them. That's what I wanted. I wanted Edge to kind of do that. Um, so, Lynch was over. And Edge says a lot of similarities. Edge said SmackDown means a lot to him. Of course it does. One of his world titles there. He talked about a match he had with Eddie Guerrero back in uh, 2002. And that got huge Eddie chance as well from the crowd. And it's still talked about today. Brilliant. No DQ match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he said there's a lot of similarities. He was counselling Becky, basically. Saying if she didn't have to make the same choice. Uh, stain her soul. Uh, Becky doesn't like herself. She loves herself. And like I said, don't hurt your neck. Yeah, which uh, great Lynch just is getting better and better every week for me. But you do know? you think it's she's working as a hill because the fucking reception she gets? You need to, but then you, you know. do get some over hills. You do, but I think Lynch would that be the problem if you switch to Lynch then to face? Would then she start getting less reaction because the fans are like, oh, we we have to cheer her. They need to Nakamura her theme. Yeah. <laughs> Completely destroy any momentum because she has actually got quite a facey. Yeah, no, that's true as yeah, well. Yeah. But if you want to really fuck her up, give her the United States style trick. Yeah. <laughs> or team her with Bobby Road. Yeah, Charlotte came out with no reception, um, and they both brawled. Uh, Eddie sh- uh, Edge should have speared both of them, but that's what got me in trouble with Matt Hardy. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> a joke for everybody though. Uh, <laughs> Well, we had a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, The New Day versus The Bar. And, of course, The Bar aren't going to win this because Sheamus is leaving very soon. Yeah, Sheamus taking the holiday. What did you think of the little announce, the other announce table with The King and Booker on it? 
I know, Legends announced Halo. I know, no, yeah, because they had like New Day announced. They had like the pancakes on it and stuff. But there's a couple of awkward moments during that match when they had a little video in the corner and Booker and King didn't know what was going on. You see Booker kind of like grabbing King's arm, like, we're live, we're live. And as soon as they started talking, Corey Graves would cut him off again. They're like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I thought, you yeah. poor bargains, you're getting treated like that. But what did you think of the match, though? It, it was quite a good match. You know, again, these two teams have got a lot of chemistry. Like the Usos, you know, they, these all work well together. They gel together as well. Yeah, you know, it was it was quite faultless, the match. Yeah, no, it was good, wasn't it? I mean, I love Big E. I've started to really, really like him. Even when he gave away the title belt at the start. He was giving little kisses. He was giving little kisses like he couldn't let it go, you know. I love that about him. Like I said, the chemistry these two teams had. Uh, the adverts, again, spoiled the kind of the action for me during it because you just wanted, you wanted to see it continuously, you know. Uh, effort was going all right, you know, both teams were training back and forth. And then the bar took over on the outside and had got the uh, New Day announce table. It looked like they were going to put Kofi through, didn't they? They did indeed, yes, until... Well, it was the big show. Yeah, one on SmackDown 500 and now on SmackDown 1000. 1000. As Becky Lynch would say. <laughs> and he comes out and, I mean, big show came out protecting... The New Day, because we all know how good the big show is. We saw him as a face. We saw it last week against Randy Orton. We know he's a good face, guy. Yeah. So he's obviously there to protect the New Day. But yeah. then... Well, he helped Kofi up to his feet, grasped him round the throat and chokeslammed him through the announce table. What I found out here, right, it's amazing. The big show now has turned heel for the thousandth time. Isn't that amazing on SmackDown World Fails? <laughs> That's why he done it. <laughs> oh, no. turns so what was he because he was a heel on Smackdown 1 yeah he was uh, oh, he's kind of heel on Smackdown he's kind of heel on Smackdown 500 he was yeah so every milestone he's been a heel he's a heel so he's got to be heel he had to he, so sorry, it's, sorry, on the, it's on the no because that wouldn't work out on the odd numbers would it no. <laughs> he said Kofi I have to do this I'm sorry Choke slams I him you. I love you goodbye Choke slams him and then gives the uh, Biggie's look in his face, that kind of passionate, like, what did you just do? What? And then he turns around and eats the broke it, doesn't he? Yeah, one, two, three, new champions. And I know people can say, well, on an anniversary show, they always have new champions. But again, I still think it's a good moment because the totals don't change hands as much as they used to. So yeah. I find it. And has Big Show joined the bar now? Well, he's kind of raised the bar. Hey. hey. Yeah. hey. Well, thank you very bar. much. Hey. That is me done. I'm going home. <laughs> have the bar. Um, yeah, I mean, so that was that. And then I thought, okay, so that's it then. And I completely forgot about the main event of SmackDown 1000. The Bar became five-time tag team champion, so... They joined the illustrious five-time, the Booker T Club. Booker T, the five-time. And then we had a selfie from John Cena. A tweet from The Rock wasn't enough. A selfie from Cena is what we needed. And he said, oh, Dan, can you guess what he said? He said, let (laughs) let me have a guess. He said, I know he mentioned ruthless aggression. Yeah. He mentioned, this isn't about me. No, it's not. No, it's just, it yeah. is about all the staff. Yeah. It is about the crowd. It is about the millions at home watching. You make the business what it is. You know, I, I didn't see the promo, but was that roughly <laughs> that what it is? That's exactly what he said. Um, and, you know, and that was John Cena. And then, like I said, I completely forgot about the main event, but it was. It is the final World Cup qualifier match. A returning SmackDown legend, 
Rey Mysterio going against Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. Yeah. For the last open spot in the Crown Jewel World Cup tournament to determine the best in the world. Yeah. I mean, and, sorry. you know, and obviously we've got a legendary lineup so far. <laughs> we've got all Americans. Jack Swagger wouldn't be out of place on that list. It's an all American list. And Ray. And, well, Ray, but. He, well, he's, about, about, uh, he's from. San Diego, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, technically. So, you know, but um, this first time in four years that Mysterio has been on SmackDown, and here comes Nakamura. Do you remember him? He's US champion. <laughs> remember Nakamura? I used to like him. I remember lot. when he was good in NXT. <laughs> he had a couple of opportunities, well deserved. He won the Royal Rumble once <laughs> as well. Yeah, he did. Remember that? <laughs> that fucked up, didn't it? Yeah. So, we had the main event. What were your thoughts on it? Rey Mysterio hasn't lost a beat. He's. You know, I think he's he's worked hard. He's got a few more tattoos. <laughs> Notice that. <laughs> but no, I think Rey Mysterio, he's still a hard worker. He's he's not flying about as much as he does. And I think he can actually reach the top rope now because he normally used to bounce off the second rope. Yeah, well, I think with the knee injuries, um, he's a little bit difficult to springboard as he does. But there was the baseball slider out to uh, you know to knock him on the mat was the it? chest the yeah the, the chest first one and he kind of like <laughs> yeah. splashed onto him that was brilliant yeah no I really feel that was cool I thought the chemistry between the two wrote really well as well yeah. Uh, yeah. I was surprised how short the match was but then again they must have been running out of time I had no jokes on Rey Mysterio now I'm sorry it was a rubbery match <laughs> uh, and, and both men you know I think there's a, a lot for them down the line but it was kind of over before it really started you know yeah <clears throat> that it was. It was a good ending, and the way he finished it, it was kind of like a shout-out to Eddie Guerrero as well. Yes. You know, it was a springboard frog splash. Uh, Mysterio, he celebrated his victory. You know, he's in the World Cup tournament. But after the match, something something happened. There was a... Boom! <laughs> RVD! <laughs> was, he, was he there? Oh, no, sorry. Not a bomb. Not, Not a, a bomb. Venus. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, got sudden. The Undertaker started coming out whilst Mysterio and Nakamura were in the ring, and I'm like, okay, then, all right, I guess. Is so. he going to destroy two people? Yeah. No. No, just <laughs> walk slowly down. Uh, I love the Undertaker's entrances, but walks down, gets in the ring, lights go up, and he says, At Crown Jewel, I have three words for DX Rest in peace. And then he fucked off. <laughs> That's basically and then what he, he did. Out, yeah. So, um, so not, you know, really. aside from his really dodgy fucking promo with Kane on Raw, which was in like a boiler room type place, yeah. which made no sense because you know they could have been in a cemetery, could have been in a anywhere else but there, yeah. in a darkened room with just lights on them. Exactly, because mankind was there, wasn't he? You know, so yeah. it wasn't like that's his pl- their place. I just didn't really get it. And it was a bit disappointing, the Undertaker who came out and just said that. But that was SmackDown 1000. So what were your thoughts on the show, really? Overall, I thought it was very, very entertaining. Uh, you know, there was a couple of little disappointing moments, but, you know, the nostalgia side of it with Edge coming back and, you know, even the matches weren't terrible. No, I mean, they could it have been... More, it, sorry, it was no. more of a promo basis show, you know, talking, but... Yeah, you know, it was very entertaining for what it was. Well, I could have done with a lot longer matches, like you say. Maybe one, maybe cut away the uh, Rusev Miz match and and make either the Styles Bryan match longer or the Styles uh, Styles or the Ray Nakamura match longer. I think mean, there was ways around it, 
Uh, I've I got no problem with Batista if people say, well, Batista took up a lot of time because that was probably the best thing on the show. You know, I don't think there's anything yeah. really else that I can look back on and say, oh, that was great. I think with that moment there, Batista kind of admitting to himself that his last one wasn't great and he having one more chance, uh, I, I think it worked well. And especially it being in Washington where he was from, that's why he got such a big reaction. Uh, and I, I think it, it did work really well for that. I think SmackDown as a whole probably wasn't as great as Raw 25 was, even though we were quite disappointed with Raw 25. I do feel next year when it goes to Fox uh, and they do the 20 years, that it's going to start being treated as the kind of A show because I don't think we realised you know, how big... It, it's basically a major network. Major network. Over in America. So they're going to go out for SmackDown as well. Uh, so I think this is the kind of end of it being... In the shadows, so to speak. I think this, this thousand episodes has kind of been it, you know, trying to catch up on Raw. And I think maybe the next thousand it would make, maybe even take over on Raw because it'd have a couple of advantages as well if it stays two hours over three. But I've always quite liked SmackDown as a show anyway. You know, if you look at the um, kind of Paul Heyman when he had the kind of Super Six uh, or whatever you want to call them, as in, remember the tag team matches with Eddie, Eddie and Chavo. Uh, Benoit Angle and of course Edge and Mysterio I mean at yeah. that time that was brilliant you know uh, AJ Styles these past couple of years as well uh, I think Smackdown's always been a great show and a, a way to showca- uh, showcase maybe talents who then would go on to Raw and become bigger stars look at John Cena making his debut on Smackdown uh, getting a chance you know and then coming over to Raw and then really becoming a superstar so you think yeah. it should be kind of like a Level tier thing, you know, it goes from NXT, SmackDown, to yeah. Raw, to be. But with Raw having the Universal Championship, shouldn't they be kind of switched? I, I think they should, but I don't think WWE will. I think I think with the WWE Championship, they can make that more, we talked about, sporty version of SmackDown. I think right. that can be the go-to title, and the Universal Championship can be kind of WWE Universe. And I, I'd hope SmackDown goes more a bit more... Um, less kid friendly if they're focusing more on sports and stuff less kind of colourful characters and actually getting into it and maybe taking more serious a bit like NXT is in that way yeah. you know I think that would be quite cool but overall I've been quite happy with Smackdown 1000 and the last kind of watching Smackdown 1 500 and 1000 there's not been that many changes really over this past 20 years which is quite surprising when you consider the difference between the kind of raw uh, what it was then to what it is now. You know, like uh, the, the amount of people wrestling, even like Yantaker and Michaels are wrestling now. Whereas the SmackDown one, you had to kind of Triple H involved, didn't you? You know, as, as champion, SmackDown 500, he was a champion. And he was still involved in it heavily in SmackDown 1000. Yeah. The same with Big Show, the Yantaker, and a lot of other people as well. So that's about it. I mean, what are your final thoughts on it all, Dan? Yeah, um, as, as you say, you know, it's had a, a very lot of historical moments. I think. It certainly is going in the right direction as far as talent's concerned. You see a few little points you want to change, but it's, yeah, on the whole, it's been very entertaining, a quite entertaining show, and here's to a thousand more. Yeah, exactly. And what we will do next year for the 20th anniversary is that we'll do what we did kind of with Raw 25. We'll look at a couple of more things and maybe go into a bit more depth of favourite moments on SmackDown or, or, or SmackDown Superstars and stuff like this as well. But for now, I think we'll leave it there. If you want to let us know what you think about SmackDown 1000 or anything else, you can contact us on Twitter at WWE. Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, WWE Review and Google Plus. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. 
Yes, Facebook, and come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. <coughs> Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. There, we've got clips going up there. Podcasts go at the same time. They do at other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also in a new place as well where you can subscribe. Yes, we're kind of building up our Instagram page. It's going to get better. Uh, and you can follow us there on the WNR podcast. We'll be, uh, sorry, the WNR underscore podcast. You can come and have a look. We're going to be sharing pictures of our live events that we've been to and also putting our episodes up there as well. Don't forget you can listen to us on Spreaker Radio. We've got a live show coming in November. Stitcher Radio and, of course, iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. I have been James Rowlands and, as always, I was joined by... Damn right. Don't forget our next episode is WNR 185, the WWE Net Review for October. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.